Good morning. First of all, thank you, Jenny, for letting me talk. We'll see if you take me to the airport or not after. <laughs> and this is something that God's kind of put on my heart for the past couple of years now, kind of where, um, you know how the Magi, they just saw this star in the sky and went, oh, Jesus was born, let's go. And then you have the, you know, the shepherds who are like, need the whole choir of angels be like, Jesus was born. I'm, I'm the sheep sometimes, or I'm, I'm the shepherd sometimes, where I'm like, mm, I need to be bunked on the head a few times. But um, as you know, my name is Rebecca, and, and you know, I'm a workaholic. I love to work, and it's just not always the best for my health, but here we are. Um, but uh, my story is Mary Martha or somewhere in between. So we kind of start with Mary and Martha's story in Luke 10. I like the CSB version, um, which I have it up there because I know most of you don't even know what that one is. But they, uh, while they were traveling, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mar Mary has made the right choice, and it, um, and it will not be taken away from her. My entire life, I've felt that Martha has had the short end of the stick. You know, she's a woman of the house. And scripture really does not tell us what happened to their parents. Um, historians are like, well, maybe they were orphans. Maybe they came from the sect of, of, of Judaism that was single by choice for the women. But either way, parents are not there. But they're kind of like pretty much sure that they were between 13 and, and, um, and 18 years old at the time. And culturally... They were expected to serve drinks as soon as they walked in the house, serve a meal, and probably have feet washing situation going on. When any time that you had visitors in your house, you had to, to do that, or it's, you were honestly quite rude in their culture, which I know most of you probably know their culture better than I do. Um, but it's not that her home was a mess. It's not that it wasn't clean or tidy or anything like that. It was just that she had to have all of these things done. And when you think about it, Jesus came with 12 men. So it's Jesus and him. So 13 men plus probably everyone else in her village was in her house. So she had to do drinks and food for probably anywhere from 20 to 100, depending on how many could fit in her house and through the windows and probably taking the roof off as well. Um, and you know, I understand Martha. Like, you know, my mom passed away when I was 15. So then I had to do everything when people came over to the house and it was really stressful for, for me. And you, know, and, I, and you know, if I were in the town and I heard that Jesus was coming, everything else would have left my mind and I went, I want Jesus at my house. So, you know, run and go, Jesus, come to my house, come to my house, just, just come to my house, I want you there, because she wants to be in his presence, 
right? And then it's like, oh, wait, I have to get drinks and food for all of these people now. So then she's wanting to to work and and do everything and, and have everything perfect for God, right? Because the Messiah is in her house. The Messiah is sitting and teaching and and I'm sure that she would just want to just be in his presence and be able to have everything done quickly and sit at his feet because that's, that's totally how I would be. And then to go and see that your sister, I'm totally going to put my little sister here because she is married to a T. I would be like, Sophia, why are you sitting down? Why are you not helping me? I want to sit there too, but if you help We'll be able to sit together later. Just, 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 just come help me. Come help me. Come help me. Because in their culture, working hard was important. Working. And, you know, and when Jesus was like, just calm down. Just calm down. Mary's right. Just sit at my feet and listen. It's not that he was saying that working was wrong. And, but I really, truly feel like he was saying perfection is not required to sit at my feet. Everything else will take care of itself if you just spend time at my feet and just be in my presence. And, you know, I've been told that I'm a Martha my entire life. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be a Martha. I don't want to be a Martha. I want to be a Mary. But yet, I can't because I'm like, there's so many things that have to get done. Again, workaholic part that's coming out. (laughs) And, you know, and I met a woman of God one day. She and her husband came to, to minister to my church, and, and she looked at me. She was, you're, you're a Martha. Like, I see everything that you're doing in the background. I'm like, but I'm not. I don't, I've never felt like I was a Martha before. And she was, no, 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 it's not a bad thing. It, it's okay to be a Martha because things have to get done. And, but when you go home, are you a Mary or are you a Martha? I'm like, oh, at home, I'm a Mary. <laughs> and she's like, okay, so you know how to be in his presence. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not a Martha, though. I'm really not. And, um, and you know, God kind of take, took me through this whole process to learn about a woman named Ruth. And, you know, and, and I am. I, that is who I am. I am a Ruth. And ever since I figured that out, I've had a better relationship with the Lord as a result of understanding the in-between of Mary and Martha. I'm going to have to read this because I'm missing one of my, uh, scri- my scripture slides in my notes. But in Ruth 2, 2 through 18, Ruth the Moabitess asked Naomi, will you let me go into the fields? And gather the fallen grain behind someone with whom I I find favor. Naomi answered her, go ahead, my daughter. So Ruth left and entered the field to gather grain behind the harvesters. She happened to be in the portion of the field belonging to Boaz, who was from Elimelech's family. Later, when Boaz arrived from Bethlehem, he said to the harvesters, the Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they replied. Boaz asked his servant, who was in charge of the harvesters, whose young woman is this? The servants answered, she's a young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi from the territory of Moab. Uh, She asked, will you let me gather fallen grain among the bundles behind the harvesters? She came and she's been on her feet since early morning, except that she rested a little in the shelter. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, don't go and gather grain in any other field. 
and don't leave this one, but stay here close to my female servants. See which field they are harvesting and follow them. Haven't I ordered the young men not to touch you? When you are thirsty, go and drink from the jars the young men have, fi- have filled. She fell face down, bowed to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor with you, so that you notice me, even though I'm a foreigner? Boaz answered her, Everything you have done for your mother-in-law since your husband's death has been fully reported to me. How you left your father and mother and your native land, and how you came to a people you didn't previously know. May the Lord reward you for what you have done, and may you receive a full reward from the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. My Lord, she said, I have found favor with you, for you have comforted and encouraged your servant, even though I'm not like one of your female servants. At mealtime, Boaz told her, come over here and have some bread and dip it in the vinegar sauce. So she sat beside the harvesters, and he offered her roasted grain. She ate and was satisfied and had some left over. When she got up to gather grain, Boaz ordered his young men, let her even gather grain from among the bundles and don't humiliate her. Pull out some stalks from the bundles for her and leave them for her to gather. Don't rebuke her. So so Ruth gathered grain in the field until evening. She beat out what she had gathered, and it was about 26 quarts of barley. She picked up the grain and went into the town where her mother-in-law saw that what she had gleaned. She brought out what she left over from her meal and gave it to her. Ruth knew that in order to eat, she would have... Anyway, I'll go back to that one. Um, in, in order to eat, she would have to work. She knew that she was responsible for her mother-in-law by per the, the law of Israel. Yes, she was given an out, but she didn't take it, and I respect that. But she also knew whose field she was harvesting in, because earlier in the chapter, Naomi had said, oh, well, we have family here. You can go into his field. And um, so she knew exactly where she was going. She knew she was protected by Boaz, and she rested in his presence. And um, something that absolutely amazes me, that even when Boaz was not in town, he wasn't even in town when she arrived, all of his servants knew how to treat a woman, how he expected them to treat them. So even when he was not there, she was working under his fields in his protection, in his presence. And that just like really blows my mind away because in that day, like women were not really protected as much as they are today. So he, made, he went out of his way to teach his servants and his people how to have helped someone when they come to them and protect them. So whether or not he was there, any woman that needed help could work under his presence. And then he saw who she was and what she had done. And she goes, just just stay here. Just stay under my protection. Stay here. I'll give you everything that you need. And, uh, and I always get the fact that Ruth works under Boaz's presence. Once he arrived and saw her there and learned who she was and all that she was doing, he blessed her and told her to remain in his presence and she would be blessed even more and would be protected. But what does being a Ruth look like in real life? And, um, and just like when I was like, God, so how, how do I just kind of put this together? And, and, and what does being a Ruth look like? 
All I got was Luke 10:2. The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray for to the Lord of the harvest. Send out workers into his harvest. And um, because there's only a few of us who answer the call, and I know every one of you in this room has answered the call to be a harvester and to work and just bring people into the, the kingdom. And sometimes we can fall into the trap of working without his presence and just working, 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 working. Because I do that. (laughs) So I know how easy it is. And we forget that we can pray and be in his presence. And he can feed us and make us feel rested when we work in his presence. And I love how even Paul jumps in on this and he goes, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. Because he was in constant communication with God. Throughout every moment of every day, we can be praying. And we can be praying in tongues if English doesn't, if we're not able to do that in any given moment. But this goes back to what I was saying with Mary and Martha, that there's an in-between. We can be in the Lord's presence and still work. I was working in a campground. I don't usually say that a workplace was toxic, but this place was so toxic. Um... There was manipulation and hostility coming from coworkers, from ownership, just because I existed. It was, it was an extremely odd situation, but it was stressful. And it was the only place I could say I didn't want to stay, but I ended up staying for like two years and praying and seeking for something else. And God's like, no, I want you to learn something here, so just stay. I'm like, okay, all right, let's do this. So every day I went in for the abuse, and every day I got closer to God because I started praying when, because they were like, oh, go into the rec hall, sweep and mop it. So I ended up doing all of this extra physical work by myself that usually they had two to three people do. I did by myself. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this time, and I'm going to pray. So I just started praying under my tongues and under my breath. And at the beginning, it was just, to kind of have peace <laughs> over the whole situation. And then I was like, ooh, do we need to, to sweep and mop the, the rec room today? I'll go do it, I'll go do it, I'll go do it. So I, I would like volunteer to do it because it ended up being one of those times where I was working under his presence in a situation that wasn't healthy and it wasn't great. And um, so it was like really nice because I ended up praying for my coworkers, I prayed for, for my boss, and I prayed for just every situation. and. And, you know, and it ended up not being more about prayer, but being more about this back and forth and this conversation. I'm like, God, what do you think about this? How do you feel about this? How can I love this coworker better? Because I know she's struggling in her personal life, so she's taking it out on me. So how can I love her? Show me how you see her. So I ended up just working in his presence. And when I left that job, it wasn't so terrible. And some of them were even like, oh, I'm sorry to see you leave. Like, you were fantastic. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> she thought that the whole time. But um, the ability to work in his presence is a good one to have. And it helped me throughout the day. And I absolutely love my alone times with the Lord at home. But being able to work under his presence are so sweet as well. <laughs> You too can carry the presence with you wherever you go. You can do the hard things while you're under his presence. Yes, being a Mary is great, and we do need the Marys of this world. 
And if you're a Mary, bless you. I envy you. But sometimes you drive me crazy because we have to work. (laughs) But doing work is not a bad thing. We just need to get things done under his presence because it just, it just, it's so important because striving ceases when we're in his presence and things just become easier. Um, but do make sure to have your private times at home and be a Mary at home because those, those private times are so important. I heard a sermon about Moses and the fact that he was in God's presence so much in the mountains that when he returned with the Ten Commandments, his face was just shining from every pore and they had to put a cloth over his head. And that got me thinking, what if we were in God's presence so much that we carry him with us constantly? What if when we walk into a pub or a cafe or a grocery store or the mall, shopping mall, however you call it, I don't know, how we can just bring his presence and the atmosphere changes simply because we're there and we carry his presence And we do this by being a burning one, by spending time in his presence. I want God to to just heal people because my shadow walked over them. Not because of me and my shadow, but because the Lord is present in my shadow. I want to see people delivered. And again, not because of who I am, but because of who he is and who I carry. I know it's absolutely redundant here, but it's still a reminder of who we are and to keep going and keep digging into his presence as, as we work because it's so easy just to forget that we carry his presence everywhere we go. So be a roof. And I think that's it. Yeah. And I have a song. Um, there's no words on the screen, but um, it's one that kind of just I've loved pretty much as soon as I heard it, which... I actually think it was recorded at Christ for the Nations while we were there. So it was a really fun experience. And the song just gets me every time. So. Oh, you the one thing I desire.
Thank you for that. Um, just as we copy, you know, you, as I'm 